You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles or whatever means of technology you might be using to access the Word, if you would look with me to Joshua chapter 1, we're going to get there in a few minutes. But as you're turning, let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you believe that God has a great future for you? Yeah. And God has a great future then for us as a church family. My bet, turn to your neighbor, point your finger at him. This is one time it's okay to point your finger. Point your finger and say, God has a great future for you. But that's what we're going to talk about not only this morning, the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about embracing our future, embracing the future that God has for you. Because I believe that God has a greater future. I believe there's greater days ahead. And I'll, I'll prove that out to you in just a moment. Not only for you, but for our Grace Covenant family. So we're launching not only this series... But we're launching this morning into a four-year campaign that we have called Embracing Our Future. And I'm going to talk with you about that for just a couple minutes this morning. Um, I need to roll the clock back just a little bit in case you're somewhat new here at Grace Covenant. Let me bring you up to speed on what's been happening. In October of 2017, we had a group of about 90 leaders who came together and we fasted and prayed Seeking God's direction concerning Grace Covenant, the future development, facility development, what phase three might look like, what it would look like for East Lincoln, our congregation on the other side of the lake. And as we fasted and prayed for three days, came back together, it was very clear to us as a leadership team that God was saying, now is the time. He gave us a green light. So in January of this year, we came to you as a congregation and we submitted to you the plans not only for a facility here, an additional facility, but for the development of the East Lincoln facility on the 10 acres that we've just purchased. Uh, And the congregation, you the congregation, voted. It was unanimous. Uh, On all of our campuses, everyone who was present voted that day and everyone said, hey, we're, we're... We believe that this is God's will. We're ready to move forward. Um, And so that brings us to where we're at today. The building committee has been hard at work for about nine months now. And within a month, within a month's time, the modular buildings out back are going to go away. Safety fencing is going to go up. Dirt's going to start being moved. We are ready to uh, get started on phase three Um, the development and as soon as the building's coming out of the ground here we're going to be starting our site work for the 10 acres we have on the other side of the lake for our East East Lincoln congregation but what we're doing is we're embracing the future that God has for us as a church family where we believe that God's leading us to better position us to minister to the Lake Norman community because really that's what it's all about when it's all said and done it's about people and it's about mission it's not about buildings. The buildings are just tools. I mean, what, we've been blessed, right? As a congregation, you look around, I mean, like we have 90,000 square feet of facilities here on this campus. How many of you would say, we've been blessed? Man, God's been good to us. He has given us some great tools to work with. But listen, we don't worship the building. We, don't, we worship in the building, but we don't worship the building because the building's just a tool. God's given us a tool. And we want to leverage that tool well um, to, so we can minister to the Lake Norman community so that we can bring the hope of Jesus to this community. So I want to tell you a little bit of our God story, and you're going to show you, show you a video in just a minute. But it all began in August of 1937. 
when people show up at Grace Covenant, one of the questions I ask is like, how long have you been here? Well, since 1937, 80 years. It's like, wow, that's a long time. And it is. In case you're wondering, I was not here when it started. 1937. It was a young couple, S.K. and Emily Clinton. I love this story. S.K. and Emily Clinton, they were in their early 20s. They were sent here to the Cornelius community to do a two-week tent revival. Now, this is hard for us to get our minds around. But this was before Interstate 77. This is before Lake Norman when Cornelius was a little mill town. Everything in Cornelius kind of worked around the mill. Most folks worked at the mill. It's a little mill town. If you lived in Charlotte at this time, 1937, you said, hey, I'm going to go to Cornelius. It's like you heading to the boondocks, like out in the middle of nowhere. Well, the Clantons came here to do a two-week tent revival, and they never left. And they started a little church called Cornelius Tabernacle on Main Street. If you were to drive through Cornelius, passing Habitat for Humanity, that's where our location used to be on Main Street. That's where the Clantons got us started as they built the first building on Main Street. So the Clantons really set us up for who we are today. And that's what I love about their story. Matter of fact, I have their picture hanging right outside of my office. If you come to my office, you'll pass their picture because like, they're my heroes. Because I understand all that we have today, all that we are as a congregation is because of a couple who were faithful. And they sacrificed, they invested forward. They had no idea, they had no idea what Grace Covenant would become, but they sowed the seed for who we are today. Man, we must never forget those who've gone before us, who've been faithful. What they were embracing the future. And because they embraced the future and because they invested forward... I mean, look around. We are who we are today. And it all started with one couple who simply embraced the future. One couple who was, who, they were faithful. They were faithful in their assignment. I want you to watch this video. It tells a little bit more of the story. It shows you some pictures of our early days, as well as there's a couple of God's stories in this. But watch this video. Pastor Farrell here. I am so excited to be able to share with you what's ahead for us as a congregation, Grace Covenant Church. But before I can talk with you about the future, let me talk with you about the past. 1937 was the year Dr. and Miss Clanton came to Cornelius to start church, Cornelius Tabernacle, which has become, as we know today, Grace Covenant. They pastored this church for 40 years, and they were sowing seeds. This is what I love about the Clantons, is that they believed that there could be more. They believed in the mission of this church to this community, and they were willing to take risks. And if you think of it like this, they sowed seeds that we're reaping today as a congregation. In other words, they invested forward. They embraced the future. And today we have that same opportunity looking forward. So let me tell you what's before us as a congregation. We have a four-year campaign that we're launching called Embracing Our Future. And it involves the building of two facilities on two different campuses. Here on Cornelius, we're going to be building about 28,000 square feet that involves the Grace Life Center, a multi-purpose facility, facilities for middle school and high school ministries, and classrooms to support the ongoing growth of the Grace Covenant Academy as it's impacting us right here in the Lake Norman community. So that's what's before us for the Cornelius community. At East Lincoln, we bought 10 acres of land about 18 months ago. We are ready to develop a worship facility there to support the congregation. They are out of room. The, the community is growing. It's a great opportunity. 
So we'll be building a worship facility for East Lincoln, Grace Covenant East Lincoln, and adding on to our facilities here. That's about a $10 million investment. And so we're launching this campaign, inviting you to be a part of helping us shape the future. It's just as the Clintons invested forward, so we have that opportunity today to be able to invest in what God's doing in and through Grace Covenant, not only to our community, but to the world. I'm John Petricelli, and this is my lovely wife, Lena. And we've been attending Grace Covenant Church since April of 2010. One thing that I can say honestly is that we certainly were looking for a solid ministry for children. We learned pretty quickly that there is readily available and genuine community just everywhere within Grace. We actually joined a, a community group very early on. It just seemed that there were so many people that, that we connected with on a different level that we didn't really anticipate. We realized that, yes, our, our daughter was growing, she was learning, and, and it was a great atmosphere for her, but we didn't, I guess, we didn't anticipate how much there would be for us. John and I are not from here, and I believe a lot of people too are not from North Carolina. We were looking for at the time was uh, not just a, a connection, but to build a family. So I say we came to Grace, we built relationships. Uh, it became our village uh, for raising our daughter, just our village for just supporting each other. So for us, it has been a home. I call it my tribe. It has been a place that I can genuinely say has been my home. I'm excited to see it expand and just continue to uh, meet people at their, their needs um, through our church. I'm JC Edwards, married to Kirsten Edwards. We met on a Monday night um, here in Clanton Hall. I had joined the youth worship team and JC was already a member. And that's where I decided that this was the boy I was going to marry, much to my mother's shock. Um, but we met right back there on that stage singing for youth group. I think for us, music has always been important and we were given the opportunity from a young age to be in leadership through music. And that's part of the reason why after being gone for five years in South Carolina and coming back here, why we decided that Grace was where we wanted to be because we knew our kids were going to be given a solid Christ foundation. We don't want to become like a stagnant bit of water. We want to be like a river that's flowing into the ocean that is bringing fresh new water, fresh new life. So the church has a vision and a mission all about being love and grace to the community and to the world. And we had a model or a structure and that pretty much everything in the church had a structure that would help us reach that that goal. And you're right, I think in, more recently, we've seen the structure change in a good way so that it's different, new, and fresh while still being able to complete the mission that Grace has been called to. Wow, what some amazing God stories about how Grace Covenant has impacted families. And that's just one small part of the miracle of what God is doing, has done, and will do in and through Grace Covenant. So as we're coming into this Embrace Our Future campaign, I thank you in advance for your willingness to be a part of the journey, to be a part of what God's doing as we embrace our future.
The Embracing Our Future campaign is a goal to raise $10 million over a period of four years. The total project cost for two sites, two, two facilities on two different campuses is $12 million. We have two assets that we're going to be selling, the office building across the street, as well as our present worship site for our East Lincoln congregation. We believe that we can sell those for about $2 million. Um, which will lower the cost of the dollars we need to about $10 million. So the first build is their site here, about 28,000 square feet. It'll go directly behind the building. And in the uh, in this building, we're going to have our Grace Living Center, which is a multi-purpose facility, full-size gymnasium that we can host events in, full stage. Uh, it just gives us multiple options as to what we can do in and through um, the facility, a multi-purpose facility. Also, we have offices, we have classrooms for the academy, we have middle school, high school. All of that is a part of the 28,000 square feet. And then as the building comes out of the ground, we'll begin the site planning for our East Lincoln congregation. So hopefully, as we finish the building here, we'll be ready to start building there. And all of that happening, again, within this four-year time period as we are embracing the future that God has us as we're making room for more. As you take this little brochure that's been created, as you open it up, on the inside there's the why. Because I think the why is always important. Like, why would we do this? I mean, $10 million is a lot of money. And as I think about how many meetings I'm going to have to be in over the next four years, I'm thinking that's a lot of meetings. Why? Why would we do that? Well, first, it's all about the mission. We believe that these facilities will position Grace Covenant to be able to carry out the mission in a greater way. What's the mission? To make Jesus' name great in our community. What's the mission? It's to bring hope, the hope of Christ to our community. So first, it, it will better enhance us. It will better help us to carry out the mission. I, I, I think a second why would be for our children and our youth. We're going to have better facilities, safer facilities, both for children and youth. Here at Grace Covenant, a deep value we have is this. Our children get our first and our best. Not our leftovers, but our first and our best. So we're going to have new facilities for middle school, high school, the gymnasium that will support that. We've already moved third through fifth grade over into this building. They have better facilities, safer facilities, um, so that our children are, are invested. And listen, we must invest in the rising generation. Amen? And we're first and our best. So it's, it, a lot of it's about our children and our youth. Also, we are developing, further developing our academy, Grace Covenant Academy, pre-K. Today, we're pre-K through sixth grade. We have 184 students that's here Monday through Friday. I mean, think about that. This building is being used seven days a week. I mean, every day it's being used to impact people's lives. And pretty interesting to me, 22% of the families that come to Grace Covenant Academy are a part of our Grace Covenant family. 78% are not a part of our Grace Covenant family, meaning they're in the community. And many of the children are unchurched. So every day, Monday through Friday, they're coming, obviously for education, but in the process, there's spiritual formation that's happened. Their lives are being impacted. So the, the academy's become a, a great outreach for us. So we're six classrooms for the academy, growing the middle school. Also, within this facility development, we're going to be able to bring all of our offices under one roof. 
Um, I don't know if you know this, but Highway 21 is like really dangerous now. And we have offices across the street trying to get staff members from there to here. I mean, like we're back and forth all the time. It's become unsafe. It's dangerous. And so we want, and, and for greater efficiency, we want to bring all of our staff under one roof. And then as we do that, our offices at the front of the building are going to become like a coffee shop. We're going to remodel, re, uh, renovate that area for like a community hangout area at the front of the building and we'll be moving our guest services there. So those are some of the reasons. Some of the reasons that we would be expanding to make room for more. Oh, I, I missed this. Obviously a big piece is for our East Lincoln family. Man, the other side of the lake is growing. People are moving in. They're out of room. So we need to make room for more so that they can continue to grow to impact that community. Also, that's a part of this project. So it's two facilities on two campuses over the process of four years. That's what the campaign is all about. You know, in this year, the Holy Spirit's really challenged me again and again, and I say this to our staff all the time, move in expectation. I mean, that's the word for me in this season. God said to me as a leader, Pharaoh, move in expectation. I want to do greater things, but you've got to move in expectation. In other words, you've got to be looking for it. You have to open the way for it. You have to set it up. Move in expectation. Because see, I believe that not only is God great, but he wants to do greater things. You believe that? Not only is God great, He wants to do greater things in your life for our church family. And so what? We, we need to make the way for that. We move in expectation. You know, $10 million is a lot of money. I, I don't know, like if I had $10 million stacked here on the platform, I don't know how high of a stack it would be, but it would probably be a pile of money. It's a lot of money. But our God is a big God. He's not limited in any way. I as I was thinking about this whole facility process, and I've been here now 22 years. Started when I was 15. <laughs> 22 years. In 22 years, I've been a part of about six different building processes, raising money. The first one was in the first one was in um, in 2000. Uh, no, the first one was in 1998 back on Main Street, then moving forward. There's been five or six different campaigns where we've built buildings or bought land, and every time we've had to raise money. So fast forward the past 22 years, we've developed or purchased property of, today we hold about uh, $15 million worth of assets and property, and we're totally debt-free, only by the grace of God. Listen, this is what I know. God is faithful. As we hear the word of the Lord and as we follow his direction, what happens? God meets us at our place of need. Listen, don't, don't make it complicated. Don't make it difficult. As we, as we pray and as we obey, God does what only God can do. That's the process. So is $10 million a lot of money? Sure it is. But the good news is, listen, it's not, it's not me that's got to create that. Listen, all we have to do is make ourselves available for God to do His work in and through our lives. When I think about $10 million, listen, I, I, I'm not anxious. I sleep really well at night. Why? Because I believe that God is able. All I have to do is hear the voice of the Lord and follow His direction. Listen, really, it's that simple. 
If we do what God directs us to do, it's all taken care of. And so that's the journey. That's the journey we're on as a congregation. So I want to ask you to do three things. Three things. The first is there's an invitation there in your bulletin. We're, we're having some barbecue dinners. How many of you like barbecue? Come on, it's about lunchtime. We like to eat, don't we? We have three barbecue dinners coming up on this campus, one on the East Lincoln campus. I'm going to be showing a video. I'm going to walk you through the new facility. You'll get to see what the new facility looks like before it's ever built. Uh, we have video of that. Um, I'll be showing that, but we have a free barbecue dinner. We'd love for you to come, enjoy some fellowship, give you an opportunity to ask some questions. The dates are there on the card, 13th, 14th, and 21st. So the 13th is like this week, right? So I need you, if, if, if you can come, if it works in your schedule, and we'd love for you to come, I need you to RSVP right away. Now, I, I would never do this, but I'm going to do it this morning. It's okay right now to take out your phone and RSVP. Say, hey, Pastor, we're going to be there. want to have dinner with you. Because we have to get numbers to the caterers right away. So if you can come and join us on the 13th, 14th, or the 21st, we'd love to have you. We have... Um, Provision for your children. They're going to have food as well. We're going to enjoy a barbecue meal. And, and again, you have an opportunity to ask some questions. So first, I would ask you to join us for dinner. The second thing I would ask you to do is join us in prayer. There in the brochure where we looked at the whys, there's some prayer points. I would ask that you help me cover this build in prayer. Listen, we need God to show up, and He will. That's what I'm confident of. But what He responds to prayer, He responds to faith-filled, faith-energized prayers, praying. So join me, join me in praying over this project. Not only that, join me in, in simply asking this question, God, how would you have me be a part of the miracle? How would you have me be a part of what you're doing at Grace Covenant? And again, as we pray and obey, God's going to meet us at our point of need. So over these next couple of weeks, I would just ask you, have some conversation among your family, spend some time in prayer and say, God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to contribute? How do you want us to partner? And then on, on, September, on September the 23rd and 24th, it's a Sunday and a Monday, we're going to have our Commitment Sunday and our First Fruit Offering. So it's on that Sunday that you're going to bring a commitment card. Just say, hey, this is, this is what I believe God's calling my family to do. Multiple ways that you can give. We'll talk about that next week. Multiple ways you can give. But just on that Sunday, we're going to bring our commitment cards and say, here, here's my faith response. Um, and then we're going to move forward in the journey. So, again, I encourage you to pray. and Simply ask the question, God, how would you like me to be a part of the miracle? And as we do this, this is what I know. God's going to amaze us in the way that He shows up and the way that He responds as we move forward in faith. Also, I just wanted to mention out on the table as you leave this morning, we have created some little magnets, Embrace Our Futures, some bracelets, just so you would have something to remind you. Every time you see, oh, Embrace the Future, I want to pray. Or if you have this on your refrigerator, okay, there's, I want to pray for our church family as we're moving into the season. So these are just some little reminders. They're on the table in the foyer. You can pick them up as you leave this morning. Well, let me transition now to talk with you about the future that God has not only for you, but for our Grace Covenant family. As you have your scripture there in Joshua chapter 1, this is what we discover. God is good. 
And God's always at work. He's always working for our good. So what? Then we can be confident he has what he has a greater future for us. God is good. He's always working for our good. But to experience the greater future, we have to be willing to partner faith in action. Faith in action. So God has a greater future for you. That's what I'm confident of. For your family. I believe there's greater days ahead. It's proved out in God's word. But for you to experience the greater future, what does it require? Two critical components. Faith in action. So what's faith? Faith is being fully confident of God's ability. Faith is living your life fully persuaded. Faith is when you start to move when you don't have all the answers simply because God said move. And as you move, what then you discover more of who God is and you discover more of God's work in your life. Why? Because you move. You took, you stepped out in faith. It's interesting if you look to the Bible, most of the God stuff, most of the supernatural stuff in the Bible is somehow, some way connected to faith. But faith is critical to the supernatural, to the miraculous. Faith is critical as we, as we embrace our future. But along with faith, we also need action because, because we believe God is able, what we act, because because we believe God is inviting us into a greater future and a greater opportunity, we move. And as we, as we partner faith in action, then the impossible becomes possible. As we partner faith in action, we're able to experience and possess the great future that God has for us, both individually and corporately. And God has greater future. God has greater plan for you. How do I know that? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, one of my favorite verses Where God says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I mean, think about this this morning. This is the king of the universe speaking here. This is the creator of the world. This is God Almighty. And what's he saying about you? He's saying, hey, I've got greater plans and greater future for you. Amazing. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, God's got a greater future for you. Go ahead and tell him. Man, it's what God says, right? We can say that with confidence. And then the Apostle Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 2.9. This verse is on the screen. So why don't you join me? Let's read this together. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. So basically Paul's saying here, the future that God has for you is so great that your mind can't even comprehend it. It, It's beyond, it's beyond understanding. God's great plan, God's great future, God's God's great work in your life and for your life. But to experience the future that God has for us, we have to be willing to partner faith and action. We have to be willing to take our trust in God and move forward to embrace that future. We see this principle played out in the story we want to look at this morning. It's in Joshua chapter 1. Let me tell you what's happening here. The children of Israel have been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. Due to their disobedience, they've been wandering around in the wilderness. But the time has come for them to go into the promised land. The time has come for them to embrace the future that God has for them. And in the midst of this, God gives some directives to the children of Israel about how they can embrace the future. 
How they can experience the very thing that God has for them. And I think there's some, some great truths that we can learn here this morning from this story and from the life of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles, first Joshua, uh, excuse me, Joshua chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the hill country to the great sea on the west. Notice verse 5. No one. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Notice verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, this had to be pretty exciting times for the children of Israel. I mean, they've been wandering around. In the wilderness, for 40 years, their time of wandering has come to an end, and they're ready to embrace the future and, and to take possession of the land that God wanted to give them. But what's clear, what's clear from the few verses we read is that it was going to require some work. God wanted to give them the land. It was theirs to enjoy. It was theirs to possess. But they were going to have to do some work. Matter of fact, three different times, God says to Joshua this phrase, Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Now, if, if going into this promised land was going to be like a cakewalk, do you think God would have said to Joshua, be strong and courageous? No, because well, it wouldn't have been necessary. But this is what God knew. He knew that it was going to be, there was going to be some challenges, some adversity. He knew there were going to be some battles to fight. He knew that there was going to be some work that was required. Therefore, three different times he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and move forward in faith. For you see, God had a plan in the land that he wanted to give to the Israelites, but they had to possess it. Their future was great, but it required this. It required partnership with God. And as they partnered with God, the impossible would become possible. That's the key. In that partnership, as they're working with God, as God's working with and for them, the impossible becomes possible. That they would be able to embrace this future that God had for them. From this story, I think there's four directives. Four directives that we come to discover about embracing our future. If you want to embrace the future that God has for you, I believe these four things are necessary. Here they are, really quick, right, right from this story this morning. The first is this. Celebrate the past, but don't camp out in the past. Celebrate the past. But don't camp out there. Now, the children of Israel had some, some great God stories to tell. 
I mean, think about the ten plagues that happened back in Egypt. They experienced those. They saw it happen. They saw the Red Sea part, and they walked through on dry ground. They had water come from a rock in the desert. I mean, for 40 years, they were fed every morning with quail and manna. Think about that. Breakfast served every morning. Just go out and pick it up, right? For 40 years. They had some great God stories to tell, but it was time to leave the wilderness to go into their future. In other words, they couldn't camp out in what God did yesterday if they were going to embrace and enjoy the future that God had for them. The same is true for us as a congregation. Well, I'm telling you, we have some great God stories to tell. Down through the years, as I've seen God provide, I mean, there's miracle after miracle after miracle. And I'm grateful for that. I celebrate that. But guess what? We can't camp out there. We can't live in yesterday if we're going to embrace the future that God has for us. The same would be true for you personally. You probably have some God stories to tell. You probably have some great successes. And I would encourage you to celebrate those. But listen, don't pitch a tent there. Don't settle into that place. Why? Because God has greater future. He has some place that he's taking you. So don't camp out in the success of yesterday. Listen, if we choose to live in the success of yesterday, we're going to miss the opportunities of the present and the future. Hear me, friend. If all you can talk about is what God did yesterday and you don't have anything to say about what he's doing today or the future he has before you, then you become complacent. You done pitched a tent in the success of your yesterday. And if you're not careful, you're going to miss the future that God has for you. So again, celebrate it. Be grateful for it. But don't stay there. Don't live in the yesterdays of what God did when there's fresh anointing and there's a fresh season and there's a new season that God wants to lead you into. So first and foremost, celebrate the past, but don't camp out in the past. Here's the second principle to embrace your future. It's this. Preparation precedes possession. Preparation precedes possession. If you look back to what God told the children of Israel in in verse 2, He says, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. So God was going to give them the land, right? God was going to give them the land, right? Right. It was theirs. It was theirs to inherit. He says, the land that what I promised your forefathers. Wow, here it is. They were going to inherit the land. God was going to give it to them. But notice what he said. Verse 6, he says, tell the people to get themselves ready. To prepare themselves, to prepare themselves to embrace the very future that I have for them. Hear me, friends, preparation precedes possession. In other words, what we have to get, we have to get ourselves ready. Oftentimes, I see people who want to experience a greater future, but they're not willing to get ready to prepare for the very future that they want. They're simply waiting for God to drop something into, into their laps, therefore their, their lives that they live disappointed lives because they were not willing to prepare for what God had for them. They got stuck. So preparation precedes possession. I fully agree with Pastor Mark Batterson who made this statement in one of his books. He says, we should pray like everything is up to God and work like everything's up, up to us. And as we pray like everything's up to God and as we work like everything is up to us, then we'll be totally amazed at what God does. So as we're willing to prepare, then God 
then God will work in our lives on our behalf and we'll, we'll possess the future that God has for us. What is it? But what's required? We, we have to prepare. We have to get ourselves ready. Because if we believe God has a greater future for us, and we all believe that, everyone raised their hand earlier when I asked that question, then what we have to get ourselves ready for. So there's an ongoing preparation to possess the future that God has for us. Here's a, and it leads us right into the third directive for embracing our future. It's this, as we partner faith and action, the impossible becomes possible. Notice what God says to Joshua in verse 6. It says, be strong and courageous because you'll lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers. Basically, basically God was telling Joshua that there would be challenges ahead. There'd be battles to fight. There'd be walled cities to conquer. There would be land to possess. And to be able to successfully lead the children of Israel to possess their future, he would have to partner faith and action. He would have to like totally depend on God and at the same time move. Totally depend upon God and act. And if you read the rest of the book of Joshua, I mean, there's some pretty amazing things that God did through Joshua's life. Why? He partnered faith with action. You don't have to get too far in the book of Joshua. You read about the city of Jericho. God said, go march around the city, and he did. He didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't have, like, the whole plan. See, the challenge for us is we all want the plan before we move, Right? We want to know how God's going to take down the city of Jericho before we move. And once we get the full plan, then we'll move. Listen, folks, it doesn't work that way. God said to Joshua, Joshua, go march around the city. And he did. First day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day. He blew the trumpets and the walls came down. Well, it was faith partnered with action. And God did what only God could do. It's the same for us, folks. Now, there's a statement. I love this statement. Not original with me but I came across this it said faith can move mountains but don't be surprised if God hands you a shovel (laughs) takes faith to move mountains it does because there's things listen there's things that only God can do but he's requiring us to be a part of the process so we got to take up the shovel and we move by faith we march around the city in faith at God's direction and God does what only he can do. He brings the walls down. We can't bring the walls down. Joshua couldn't bring the walls down. But as he marched in faith, as he partnered faith and action, it was there that God did the miracle. As we're moving into the season of facility development, listen, it's not enough for us just to have faith. We have to go to work. I can't tell you how many planning meetings I've already been in a ton. And how many are ahead. It's part of the process. I'm going to work. God said move and I'm moving. He says plan and I'm planning. Build a building, build a building. We don't, we don't have the money yet. I just believe God's going to provide. It's, my job is to move, to take faith and partner with that. Listen, and the same is true for you in your life personally. For us as a congregation, as we partner faith and action, it's there that the impossible happens. It's there that God does what God can do. That's why I can lead a congregation in a building project without fear, without concern. Listen, I sleep really well at night. Why? Because I believe that God is able. He said move, and as we move, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Just as he's done before, he's going to do it again. Well, he's always faithful. So 
We partner faith with action. Here's the fourth directive that we find in this story about embracing our future. It's this obedience to God's direction opens the way for God's work. What opens the way for God's work? Obedience. We follow God's direction. We do what God says. Look back to verses 7, 8, and 9. And as you, as you look at those three verses, notice, notice the emphasis of those three verses is on obedience. Verse seven, in verse 7, God says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And in verse 8, the scripture says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then... You'll be prosperous and successful. Then you'll be able to embrace your future. Notice, notice what precedes prosperity and success. What is it? The word's obedience. What, what precedes prosperity and success? Obedience. obedience. It's in verse 7 and verse 8. God says, if you do this, if you obey, then this is how I'm going to respond. I'm going to bring prosperity and success. I'm going to bring you into the future that I have for you. But first, you have to, you have to obey. So the prosperity and success that God wanted to bring the children of Israel was dependent upon their obedience. As they would obey, as they follow the directions of God, then He would act on their behalf. And there's three things that God says He would bring. God says, if you obey me, if you follow me, I'm going to bring my presence, I'm going to bring my power, and I'm going to bring my provision. It's all right there in the story. You can check it out later. I don't have time to unpack all of that this morning. But God said, you follow me, if you obey, I'm going to bring my presence, my power, and my provision, and I'm going to lead you into the future that I have for you. If, if you obey Listen, the same principle, same principle is true for us today, both individually and corporately. As we choose to go God's way, listen, we have the privilege of experiencing God's work in our lives. Listen, if you want to go your own way and do your own thing, listen, don't expect God to show up. I'm sorry, you're on your own. Figure it out. Work hard. Do your best because you're on your own. Go your own way. You're on your own. But basically what God said to Joshua, he says, Joshua, if you go my way, if you go the way I direct, then I'm going to bring my presence, I'm going to bring my power, and I'm going to bring my provision, and I'm going to enable you to embrace the future I have for you. Again, folks, same principles true for us today. As we choose to go God's way, what we experience God's work through our lives. So obedience, obedience to God's direction opens the way for God's Word. So although the challenges are great, I believe the opportunity before us is greater. As we simply obey and follow God's direction, then it's, going to, then, then it's going to be God who opens the way for His work through us. Listen, God doesn't over-promise or under-deliver. If we're willing to follow His lead and partner faith with action, then the impossible becomes possible. What I'm confident of today, this is what I know, what I'm certain of today, is that God has a greater future for you, for your family. It's declared in His Word. Because our God is good, then we can be confident what He has a, has a greater future. For you individually, for us as a church family, may we be those who are willing to partner faith with action.
I, I think we're in the same place that Joshua was at with the children of Israel, where God said to Joshua, hey, there's a greater future I have for you. Get ready. Step out in faith. In a couple of weeks, we're going to get to Joshua chapter 3, where they had to get into the water. Listen, sometimes you've got to get into the water before the miracle happens. As a congregation, we're moving into the water because we believe that God's spoken. And it's going to be exciting as God reveals His greatness in and through your life, through my life, as we follow His direction. But never forget this. Never forget this. Listen, God has greater future, greater plans for you, for your family. Don't settle for anything less. Don't allow the enemy to rob you, to lie to you and say, oh, because of this or because of that, because of your past. No. The truth is this. God is good all the time. And he has greater plans for your life. Embrace those plans. Embrace that future. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for what you've done in the past. Lord, we celebrate that. We don't, we don't just move on and say, oh, no big deal. No, it was a big deal. God, you have been good. That's what I know, God. To individuals and for us as a church family, oh, God, you have blessed us so. We just say thanks. But, Lord, we refuse to live in what you did yesterday. Because we believe, God, greater days, greater future, greater opportunity is ahead for your glory. Lord, to position this church for greater effectiveness, to position individuals for greater effectiveness in their lives. So, Lord, my prayer this morning for myself, for everyone here, is may we be those who are willing to partner faith with action. May we be willing to step out, God, to step into the future you have. For may we not just sit and wait. But Lord, may we be proactive. May we have a bias to action, stepping toward you. And Lord, when we do that, God, what, what I'm confident of is it opens the way for you to do only what you can do. So Lord, may we be, may we be a congregation that prays bold prayers, that lives out bold faith, that would open the way, God, for you to do the only, only the things that you can do that you might be glorified you might be exalted. Not, not, not for my glory, not for the glory of individuals here, but God, for your glory. And Lord, I pray, to, I pray today for individuals who bought into the lie that you don't have greater plans, you don't have greater future. Maybe the enemy's common because of an issue of the past, the failure of the past, or an injury of the past. Lord, maybe there's individuals here today who've lost hope. God, I pray today that this would be a defining moment in their lives. Lord, that they would be able to tear down the lie, God, that would say you, you don't have a plan for them. And Lord, that they would be able to embrace the truth that you have greater future, greater plans. And may they be able to embrace that and walk it out into the future, God, that you have for them. Lord, we just, again, we thank you this morning for what you're about to do. We thank you this morning for how you're going to reveal your greatness individually and corporately. Lord, we choose to be those who move by faith. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, 
Visit us at gracecovenant.org.